Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the September edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Starting with editor's notes, thank you. December 1989, I published the first Crestone Eagle newspaper. It was a huge leap of faith. Crestone was small then, but big things were happening. I felt that people needed to know about them. I started out small, but the amount of community support for this wild endeavor was huge. As I print this last issue under my ownership, my heart is full of joy and gratitude. I am thankful foremost for my wife, Janet Woodman. She's been with the Eagles since the beginning. Couldn't have done it without her. I give thanks for all the people who have contributed to the Eagle. Great stories from people who wanted to share their knowledge, whose expertise made me look good. Columns and news and things that made us laugh. Thanks to the photographers who freely shared their art. They have made the cover of each Eagle a thing of beauty. Thanks to all the readers for whom this newspaper was created, and to the advertisers whose financial support paid the bills. Huge thanks to all the staff over the years. So many wonderful people have worked at the Eagle. Once in Eaglet, always in Eaglet. We shared hard work, celebrations, and the ups and downs of our life. Each month we somehow put out another publication. I hope you are proud for what you co-created. Thanks to the Malvilles for this beautiful office building. I'm very grateful to the board of Crestone Eagle Community Media, the nonprofit who is the new owner. They also are taking a huge leap of faith. Deep gratitude to those who have donated to CECM to make my retirement possible. This gift to my future is huge. My sincere apologies for sometimes hurting people's feelings, being boneheaded, or for just getting it wrong. May this eagle fly with your continued support. With love, Kizen. And a letter to the editor. Thank you, Kizen. Dear Kizen, after reading and rereading editor's notes, almost there in the August 2022 issue of the Crestone Eagle, I'm reminded of over three decades of memories, sometimes walking, running, or stumbling through the peaks and valleys of our community. I must confess I'm left a little teary-eyed with a big old lump in my throat. I just want you to know, along with what seems to me to be the unwavering Eagle staff and contributing writers, that I've appreciated your pure motivation, clarity of thought, integrity, dignity, respect, and fairness to all. Your commitment to seeing that the Crestone Eagle remain with those values is so very comforting. In the spirit of gratitude for the Crestone Eagle's presence in our community, Whitney Strong. And we have this related notice from the Crestone Eagle. This is the last issue that Kizen is our editor. Thanks, and we love you, Kizen. For news, articles, and reporting contact, John Waters. This email is editor at crestoneagle.com. For subscriptions, billing, and classifieds, bye, Sister Love. We love you, too. Contact Charmaine Boudreau. That email is accounts 
at CrestoneEagle.com. For advertising, volunteering, partnerships, sponsorships, interning, donations, all other inquiries, contact Jennifer Eichson, and that email is manager at CrestoneEagle.com. And now we turn to the weather report written by Kino for the time period July 21st to August 20th. Weather summary. Temperatures were slightly above normal while precipitation was above normal for the end of July and below normal for August up to the 20th. We also saw two weather records broken with both being record low highs with the first one set on July 29th when the high temperature for the date only reached 64 degrees breaking the old record low high which was 66 degrees set in 1989. Then, on August 20th, the high for that day was also only 64 degrees, breaking the old record low high for that date, which was 71 degrees set in 2012. The outlook for September. This is, of course, the month when temperatures start to cool off and our home heaters get turned back on. Early to mid-month, things will, are still on the warm side, with high and low temperatures averaging around 75 and 44 degrees. But by the last week of the month, temps cool off big time to highs of 66 and lows of around 33 degrees on average. The hottest day ever in September was 90 degrees set on September 2, 2020, and that was the first time a reading of 90 degrees was ever seen in September, while the coldest reading ever experienced in September was set back in 1999 on the 29th, when the low on that day was 18 degrees. Precip-wise, September is the third wettest month of the year, averaging 1.22 inches of both rain and snow. Unfortunately, snow reports for the month of September are missing a lot of data before the year 2000, but what we do know was that up until the OOs, ot-ots, we used to average at least one measurable snowfall for every three Septembers, and since then, we have seen it snow in the Crestone Baca, seven times since 2000, with the most snow accumulating on the ground taking place on the three days between September 8th and 10th in 2020, when 8.5 inches of snow fell. The 30-day forecast put out by the National Weather Service for September as of August 18th is calling for well above normal temperatures along with average precipitation. In health news, monkeypox confirmed in the valley. On August 11th, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment notified local public health officials of the first cons- confirmed case of monkeypox in the San Luis Valley. The individual received testing through a local health care provider. Risk to the general public is low at this time, but it is important to be aware and practice precautions. Symptoms of monkeypox can resemble the flu, followed by a rash that looks like pimples or blisters. Some people experience no symptoms before the rash appears. Individuals with symptoms should call their health care provider. When monkeypox is confirmed, those who have had close contact with the individual will be contacted by public health and given instructions on getting monkeypox vaccine. Monkeypox can be serious, but most cases resolve within two to four weeks. The the Genios monkeypox vaccine can provide post-exposure protection for those who have had close contact with someone who has monkeypox. It is important for individuals with close contact who develop symptoms to call their health care provider to see if testing is needed. They should also avoid close contact with others since they may be in the infectious period, said Lillian Call, San Luis Valley Regional Epidemiologist.
Although anyone can get monkeypox, the majority of cases have been among men who have sex with men. Individuals in this group who are age 18 and older and who have had multiple partners or partners or anyone age 18 and older who believes they have been in close contact with someone who has monkeypox in the past 14 days may be eligible for free vaccine clinics hosted by CDPHE. For more information, call one 877 or go to the uh, CDPHE website, which is cdphe.colorado.gov. Now turning to Town of Crestone News, written by Town Clerk Allison Ransom. During the Citizens' Comments period of the August 8th Board of Trustees monthly meeting, Baca Grand POA residents spoke in opposition to cell towers being installed near the Town of Crestone, and other Baca residents spoke in person and via Zoom to support the construction of a skate park in town. Two town residents spoke against installing a skate park on South Willow and West Silver Streets near Creekside Park. Two town residents spoke against water and sewer rate increases and the fact that there was no U.S. flag at Town Hall. Nick Navarres and Lisa Bodie briefly spoke to the trustees about the progress and upcoming plans for the Crestone Energy Fair that was to be held in the town August 27th to 28th. In other news at the town meeting, a public meeting will be held on September 10th, 2022 at 10 a.m. at 182 East Galena Avenue in Bob's Diner for the purpose of public input and a question and answer period for Town of Crestone residents and town property owners regarding the proposed water and sewer rate increases. Questions may be emailed in advance to Crestone Town Office at gmail.com and will be presented and answered during the meeting. All town sewer lines were jetted and scoped by DRC Construction and completed at a cost of $25,713.72, with the charge to be reimbursed by Community Development Block Grant funds already approved by the State of Colorado. The Town Board has approved allowing skateboarding and other wheeled sports activities on the pedestrian sidewalk along the north side of West Silver Avenue between Alder and Cottonwood Streets. Meanwhile, confirming the that pedestrians have the right of way. Although the September 3rd Here to Listen session was canceled, the Town Board of Trustees will continue to hold future sessions through the fall and winter on the first Saturday of every month at 10 a.m. at the Cloud Station located at 220 South Cottonwood Street. Announcements. Due to a person or persons setting off fireworks on multiple occasions since the 4th of July, the town reminds visitors and residents that igniting any type of fireworks is strictly forbidden in the town limits due to safety and fire danger concerns. There is no overnight camping on town streets, parks, and right-of-way. However, there are several Bureau of Land Management camping pullouts less than a mile from the Crestone town limits, which can be accessed by following South Galena Avenue uphill where it joins the county road. Anyone wishing to host public events in town parks, streets, and on sidewalks must apply for an event permit and have approval from the Crestone Board of Trustees during a regularly scheduled board meeting, which is the second Monday of every month at 9.30 a.m., prior to the event. To mitigate for fires, the town urges all residents to clean up plant debris, remove low tree limbs, deadwood, and dried woods weeds from their private properties. Free brush pickup is available each month. Please contact Crestone Town Hall to schedule a brush pickup. 
Free rapid response COVID-19 test kits are still available from Town Hall to any Crestone area residents. For current news and board contact information, visit our website at w at sorry townofcrestone.colorado.gov. Crestone Town Hall is located at 108 West Galena Avenue and is open Monday to Thursday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. While the main office continues to be closed to walk-ins, staff is available and present in the office by appointment. Please contact us by calling 719-256-4313 or emailing crestonetownoffice at gmail.com or knocking on the front door during office hours for your business needs. You may also use the secure payment slot next to the front door for dropping off payments or other documents. To contact Crestone Town Hall via U.S. Mail, send letters to P.O. Box 64, Crestone, Colorado, 81131. And turning to Sawatch County News, written by Sandia Belgrade, a necessary conversation. The Sawatch County Code Enforcement Officer provided an update on blight and illegal marijuana grows. Clearly, some residents in KV estates are working hard to clean up blight. When the code enforcer reported on infractions regarding septic tanks, that led to a needed conversation. Usually, the procedure has been for land use to issue residents' notices by mail of noncompliance. Over the years, it has been shown that these are not always effective, for they are punitive in nature and do not offer information about possible solutions. As a result, they do not lead to any positive resolution. Our low-income residents are living in one of the three poorest counties in the state, and that reality needs to be taken into consideration. Septic tanks can run as much as $20,000. A county resident on Zoom spoke to the commissioners and pointed out the futility of land use's present policy. As a grant writer, she's been working with the Town of Crestone's grant writer and has done research on what is available. Some states, like Colorado, offer grants or loans to pay for septic tanks to low-income residents. In addition, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, offers septic tank loans up to $20,000 with low rates for low-income families. The reality facing low-income residents in our county has come up before when Land Use Director Amber Wilson proposed to require a minimum 900-square-foot house to be constructed in the county. Citizen Group Land Use Solutions persisted in providing relevant information to the commissioners. They responded to the facts presented to them, and that policy was not instituted. This situation seems to have similarities in common with that one. Perhaps Wilson could look into this research and think again about septic tanks. Other counties in the state are changing and putting information and options on their websites, which can help people. Working with May Folsom, who is on the board of KV Estates, they could make headway on issues. Working towards a kiosk solution. Another big change is in store for Crestone. It's a complex situation. The present owners of the kiosk property near the entrance to the Baca, Keith Davies and Maya Durkham, are adamant that they will not donate the kiosk property if the county doesn't abide by their conditions. No vendors, no overnight parking, no camping, among other things. Taking on the kiosk property comes with liability, which is a concern for the commissioners if they accept the offer. The commissioners discuss the extent of their liability with insurers who answer questions on Zoom. The commissioners want the public to be aware of the liability issues that these activities could incur.
McCracken understands the tradition of vendors and community groups meeting there. He is working with the POA to find a better place that is a good match for the vendors. A survey showed that the charter school owns part of the property and the kiosk site will be the hub of the trail system going through it. Nothing has been finalized. Residents can still contact the commissioners to offer suggestions. Title III Fire Protection Projects. There are several groups providing invaluable fire mitigation and education programs in the Crestone area. The Sawatch County Firewise Program, which Daniel Johnson developed, has been going strong for 14 years. It has protected our homes by reducing fuels around existing structures and educating the public about how to protect their own homes. The second group is the Baca Grand Fire Department. They are also putting in a proposal to continue their mitigation work in the public greenbelts. They provide firewood to, home, firewood to homeowners after they have cleared an area. The Kundalini Fire Management Program is requesting funding as well to continue to reduce hazardous fuels. They also increase biodiversity to increase the health of the land. The Crestone Mountain Zen Center is also requesting funding to enhance and expand their fire program, which works to reduce hazardous fuels by creating needed fire breaks near the road below or near the spiritual centers, which border on dense forest land to the east of Crestone. You can support these programs by urging commissioners to continue funding their invaluable projects by going to the county website where the email for Wendy Mays, the county administrator, is posted. Commissioner News, Tom McCracken was just appointed to the State Noxious Weed Advisory Committee by Commissioner of Agriculture Kate Greenberg. John Waters, the new editor of the Crestone Eagle, introduced himself to the commissioners via Zoom. Seven Peaks Music Festival. As you read this, the Seven Peaks Music Festival is underway. The commissioners did a walk through the site the week before Labor Day. Questions regarding security were still being addressed at the last minute. The sheriff will rely on deputies outside the area. State enforcement will not participate in the music festival because it has not been updated. County officials met with Via Grove residents to discuss their concerns about possibly 10,000 concert goers descending on a community of 400 people. No campfires are allowed on festival grounds. Seven Peaks is paying for the Colorado State Patrol to be on site, as well as the Sheriff's Office fees and four firemen at the Via Grove Fire Station at all times. Breakdown of the site and cleanup will be finished by September 10th. By that time, we may know how this festival benefited the county through sales tax, revenue for local businesses, lodging tax, and permit fees. With the Sheriff's Department being fully occupied at this time, keep in mind that the Peace Patrol in Crestone will be available for help. They are not a neighborhood watch, so they do not cover criminal activities, but consider themselves servants of the community. Call 719-315-4117. Their information is on Facebook. Public Health Report. Director Mona Lovato stated that there are 18 cases of COVID in the county. They can now test wastewater for COVID. A new vaccine is due to come out in the fall. There are, uh, there at the time was no monkeypox case, but now we know there is one. Subdistrict number one, amended plan of water management. A balance between available water supplies and current water use is essential if the San Luis Valley is to continue to remain a sustainable agricultural community. There just isn't enough surface water to replace the water that's being used for irrigation. Past efforts to reduce pumping have failed. 
The state legislature has recently approved Senate Bill 22-028, a bill that will inject $30 million of federal funding into the Rio Grande Basin to achieve long-term sustainability of groundwater and to assure compliance with the Rio Grande Compact. Senator Cleve Simpson, who conceived, wrote, and sponsored the bill, is also general manager of the Rio Grande Water Conservation District. The Groundwater Compact Compliance and Sustainability Fund directed $60 million of one-time funds from the American Rescue Plan Act to be split equally between the Republican River Basin and the Rio Grande Basin. The district will use this funding to buy and retire irrigation well permits and irrigated acreage along with financial incentives for other water-saving strategies. Recommendations for spending in the San Luis Valley will come through the RGWCD with Kevin Rain, State Engineer and Director of the Division of Water Resources. Retiring wells will be one option to reduce water withdrawn from the aquifer. Growers will be limited to withdrawing no more water from the aquifer than what they can put back. The amended plan also includes the provision that the 1 to 1 may be increased to 1 to 1 plus or putting more water back into the aquifer than what is taken out in the event that the aquifer levels continue to decline. What's in a name? History. A Moffat resident who is part of the 420 Marijuana Grow Complex has suggested a name change for the town. Cush. Moffat was once a major cattle shipping point on the narrow gauge River and Rio Grande Western Railroad. The town was named after David H. Moffat, a railroad official. According to a Moffat resident who attended a town meeting, of the 46 residents present, 35 of them have signed a petition opposing any name change. Ken Scogland, who is a trustee of the town, said he thought the opposition was closer to 99%. There was also a discussion concerning drilling one or two new wells to meet fire management needs. A storage tower would allow trucks to refill without leaving town. Swatch County Sheriff App The Swatch County Sheriff's Office now has a free mobile application to help improve communication with residents. This app allows residents to connect with the Sheriff's Office and the Town of Center's Police Department to report crimes, submit tips, and provide the community with the latest public safety news and information. Call the Sheriff's Office at 719-655-2544. This app is not intended to be used to report emergency situations. In an emergency, call 911. And September happenings, Saturday, September 3rd, 10th, and 17th, Monte Vista Farmer's Market, 1st and Jefferson Streets in Monte Vista. Every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m., Marcardillo and El Rio Farmer's Market at the Rio Grande Farm Park, north of Alamosa. Every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., Alamosa Farmer's Market, 6th and State Avenues in Alamosa. And on September 10th, we have the SLV Potato Festival, Chapman Park, Monte Vista. Annual 5K Spud Run, Craft and Food Vendors, Guided Ag Tours, Chef Demonstration, Truck and Semi Show, Famous Mashed Potato, Dunk Tank, Freshly Harvested Local Potatoes, and much more. Also, September 10th and 11th, the Salida Fiber Festival, Riverside Park in Salida. All aspects of textiles, fiber-related activities, demonstrations, silent auction, tree-shaded beer garden, offering local beer, wine, and distilled drinks. And on Saturday, September 10th, the Town of Creston Water and Sewer Rate Meeting will be held at Bob's Diner at 10 a.m. On Tuesday, September 6th, Sufi Deeker. 
4 to 5.30 p.m. at Golden Light Sufi Circle. To participate in person, if you are fully vaccinated or over Zoom, please email hamidanur303 at gmail.com. Looking ahead to next week, Monday, September 12th, the Town of Crestone Board of Trustees meeting will be held at Town Hall from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Wednesday, September 14th, the CEOLP monthly meeting will be held on Zoom from 7 to 9 p.m. For more information and to sign up, uh, go to informedfinalchoices.org. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.